14, recorded December 8, 2013. And today we've got sort of a Christmassy topic for us that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about a holiday gift list for LARPers, possibly maybe talk about some other stuff at the end of that. So anyways, Will, who's our guest tonight? Our special guest tonight, um, you all know him and love him. He watches you while you sleep and keeps a list of whether you're naughty and nice. It's Jeff Lotes, uh, who will be speaking with us um, about his ideas for gifts for LARPers. Hooray! And by, and by that notice, no, we're not talking about like what it takes to be a gifted LARPer. That is an entirely different question. <laughs> we should do that podcast. A long time ago, you had this idea. I thought we did. Uh, did we? You, you, I don't remember. You quizzed us on this at one point, what at least makes a good fighter. And we went through, this was at breakfast oh, one morning, right. and talking about traits that made a good fighter. Um, mm-hmm. This would be what makes what, what makes a good LARPer. Yeah, it's a very different question. But we're not talking yes. about that tonight. Before we get to the special topic, let's uh, just talk about sort of what's been going on with us and IFGS lately. So, Will, you want to start us out? Yes. So what's been going on with IFGS lately is IFGS is in the cold and dark season, mostly because it is cold and dark. Um, but uh, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't all be ramping up and getting ready for next season. Oh, can we, can we talk about being cold for a second? <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, no. Jeff laughs because he knows what I'm going to say. I, I, okay. wanted, I wanted to congratulate Jeff. He ran his first half marathon this last weekend. And uh, Jeff, what temperature was it when you uh, showed up at the start line? Uh, I think it was officially seven degrees. It was maybe seven? five. I think it was. I think it was already up to five by then. Yeah. Okay. When I left, yeah, it was still like zero. That. So I, I just know it was darn cold. It was very, very cold. <laughs> but anyways, congratulations on your first half marathon. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. No, it's all your not, fault. Not nearly as impressively, but also a t- story of cold. Um, we've been uh, without gas for the last two days. Oh, yes, that's much um, worse. Well, actually, I'm, I'm not. I mean, so there's more to the story than that. So the gas went out. Everything got very cold. Yes, yes. Um, that night was going to be the night that we, for the first time, had a babysitter um, to put down both kids because we were going to a party, um, wow. my my wife's uh, work party, work Christmas party. <laughs> so we called her. We said, you know, it's 60 degrees in the house right now. You know, it's not going to get any warmer. Is this still something you want to do? She said, yes. We were like, Awesome. Fantastic. (laughs) She came over. Everything was great. The kids were excited. It was super fun. Um, We so we got to the party at about seven o'clock. And, you know, we had dinner. We we checked in. She said the kids both went down fine. Everything's great. We were like, woohoo. This is the best thing ever. The next text was the power has gone out. Do you have any candles? Wow. (laughs) Um, so, so your gas uh, was out and then your power was up. Yes, exactly. Wow. Um, and, and most of the way that we had been keeping the house at 60 degrees is by putting the oven at 500 degrees and leaving it open. Wow. And of course the oven is, is electric. So, yes. um, so we tried to, you know, finally we're like, okay, this is obviously a sign we're going home. So we came back, um, uh, we, you know, told her thank you very much she went home amy went back to the party um amy had not gotten back to the party yet when the power came back on oh no <laughs> so the power's back on this happened friday night we're recording this on sunday night is yep. the is the gas back on yes we got the heat back so yesterday 
uh, Amy took the kids up to her parents' house while I just waited at home, both for XL to come and turn the power, the gas back on, because they they need to come in and relight furnaces and things. Okay. Um, so I, I waited for them, and also I was waiting because we were having a bed delivered. Um, and, uh, yeah, about three o'clock, I guess, they came and restarted the heat, and we are currently up and running so nice well Jeez. i'm glad for heat for so many reasons so yeah thankful for heat we, this season we definitely learned a lesson about taking heat for granted <laughs> so uh yeah the other thing that makes me think that this is the the uh ifgs dead season is dan frazier emailed me yesterday and he said hey you got anything for the melee for december and usually i have something from him from the sc or for our games we have a flyer or something and i'd tell him like i i've got nothing for you <laughs> which is <laughs> zero yeah this is i think after the new year i think things will start ramping up again and uh we'll get back into it so just have a little bit of dead spot here so yeah but writing we're writing we are actually writing um there's a question we... mark at the end of that sentence Yes. Well, yeah, there, there is some of that. I, I read what Will wrote. I hadn't actually added to the document. I finally found it and started looking through it. So Yeah, so we are we are doing two basically mini quests, two oh, sets yes. of two sets of three encounters um, for for novices. Although we, we should look at that because right now they are not they're low level, but they aren't really written as novice encounters. So we might want to think about that, Mike. OK, Um. You know, I have that sort of checklist of things that you should have on your in your novice game, the the things that you should be exposed to, and and I have I've certainly not tried to include those, and maybe that's okay. But... Okay, well we can look through and see if we can add the, quickly add those in. Anyway, these are two mini quests for rank novices for the Nexus coming up in January. The idea being that Sherman said that a bunch of his people might want to get involved and might want to be at the Nexus, and uh, as such, we're writing them some some encounters and yeah, uh, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, it should be good stuff. Yeah. When is the Nexus? It is uh, the seventeenth. Eighteenth. Oh no! <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. January 2014, 18th at twelve p.m. Eighteenth. Okay. Yes. Yep. So noon. Uh, at, up and in, where two weeks Millican? before that is the board meeting. And then one week after that is a fighter practice in, indoors in Fort Collins. Oh, yeah. I saw that get posted. Yeah. I don't know if I'll be able to make it, but it sounds cool. Yeah. I, 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 I certainly don't think I'll be able to do both mm-hmm. the, the fighter practice and the Nexus, um, which is really unfortunate. Um, so I'm trying to sort of decide where, where, where I should spend my points. Yes. <laughs> Great. So sanctioning. Sanctioning. Um, let's see. Sanctioning. I I got Sable Pass back, but there was some weirdness in sanctioning, so I need to m- mess with that and try and merge some documents you, and things. Do you need us to, to do that? It seems like it was our fault, your sanctioning committee, that got the version mismatch. We could probably go back and fix that if need be. Um, I might ask for that help because I, I, I do feel like I've got a lot on my plate right now. Mm. Um, but it's not strictly necessary okay um sweet cecile well i don't um, think this no. the sanctioning committee doesn't have that much on its plate right now i feel like so yeah i think you should you should take advantage of that okay am i well i mean it's a question it's mike and brandon right it's a question yeah, uh, that's yeah. A good point. We'll, we'll talk this week we'll, we'll we'll figure it out let's get that game i'd like to get that game turned around and finished up and it seems like it's been stagnating for a few weeks yeah 
as I said, it's just because I, yeah, this document merge thing. Um, yep. Okay, Sweet Cecile. Um, John Weisner is uh, um, converting um, Michelle Lonzinger's famed Sweet Cecile to AP62 um, with a plan to possibly run it at the end of next season. Nice. Um, what level is that game? Level uh, three. One to, like, yeah, it's like one to zero three. to zero. No, it's oh, one okay. to three. I had to keep checking for mill. They kept being fifth level abilities on magic items, and I was going to put the famous mill rule. Like, are you sure you want to put this item in? Like, players won't be able to use it. But right. I had to check, and yeah, they're, they're third level. They can be up to third level. We Although, we may want to add in, I mean, I've done it before where we add in the, you know, cannot be used by characters of second and below. Oh, that'd be a good note. So yeah. Maybe I'll do that in my next turnaround. Um, but anyway, so it has gone through first turnaround. Um, I made some corrections on the AP stuff, uh, sent it on to John, and it's in his hands to no, make it's, a couple it's, other changes. It's back to us. Oh, wow. He finished it. Yeah, nice. yeah. I was going to try and get to it, get my notes done, uh, give it a sanction, our subcommittee, two weeks, and we'll have that back to you guys. So hopefully it should go fast. Well, I think that would be It's not me. Close. I'm. I mean, I, I, I really am not a writer on this. I'm I'm an AAP consultant. Absolutely. But because you're doing all the AAP work for him, most of the comments – I mean, the game has been run three times. So most of the sure. comments that are left are all AAP comments. So, oh, okay. I mean, that's – it seemed like the majority of what we were sending back were – a good portion of it was AAP stuff. Oh, see, and I felt all the hard stuff was not. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's true. Um, we yeah, also like – This, this magic item is missing and – you know. Right, right. Well, we also did a, a treasure reset for my wife's character, Samantha, oh, and Will helped me out with that. And Jeff was on the committee for that. It's like some, like everyone's doing everything right here in this in this little call. But uh, yes. yeah, we we finished that up, and and I think we got that completely finished up and turned around, and uh, it's off to Ray for registry. Yes, yeah, so I think that, that's all set. And that was a pretty fun list. It was, it's got some good stuff in there. Yeah, totally. Cool. Lots of good flavor. I like it. Jeff, what's going on with the PMS? Um, so that's the Persistent Magic Shop, and it's going pretty well. Well, so we are in the middle of uh, data entry. The, As I think you guys mentioned in the last podcast, the project immediately grew beyond its original <laughs> intent when I think it's mostly my fault or maybe Nissa or who knows. I but... blame, it was Tom's idea. I blame him. Oh, yeah. Good. He doesn't know any better. Um, because originally it was just going to be a document that we pretty much had ready to go. But then we kept asking, like, you know, could we couldn't we make this easier for people to use and that kind of thing? So we ended up deciding to try and uh, to turn it into a spreadsheet so that you could, for example, sort it really easily to see all the items that are between, say, 500 and 1200 gold. So that if a game writer knows how much treasure they have to give out and they would like to see all the pre-sanctioned items that would work at that range, that they could easily find them. So that led to this work of, of making essentially a database. And so we've been taking... Um, Word document savvies and uh, item write-ups and transferring them into a spreadsheet. Yeah, and so that's that's what we're doing right now. You guys but it's not too bad. Cray cray with what you did. Like yeah, I just kept bit. it like sanctioned the list that we already had. Boom, done. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it is actually good in some ways that we have to go through the list in several ways a couple times because I found item I found just in write just in transferring them to a database came across two things that I have sanctioned at least once before. That, that weren't quite right or needed a little bit of assistance on a savvy or things like that. So, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, just, just, uh, I think it was today. I found some items that still used, you know, five seconds of meditation to put up an electrify. Yep. Um, I found a couple of items that were, um, duplicated. Mm. 
Um, so, you know, two different ID numbers for the same item. So, yeah, I think it's it has definitely helped the process, I think. Yeah. Um, and and we had a whole bunch of like armors and weapons and things in in tables. Mm, right. That the AAP savvies, you would have had to work pretty hard to sort of because the AAP savvies were just sort of a note at the bottom. Like, here's what it actually means. And for some of those, it would have been pretty you would have had to know a lot in order to make that savvy make sense with just the information you had in the table. Sure. Yeah, good. So I think it's, that's going to work out. Yeah. Oh, and it should be, it's, I think it, it should be done pretty soon. I just hope that the, my, my only concern at the moment is that the basically user instructions to someone who wants to grab this database and do something with it won't be too crazy. So I think what, what will help with that is the main way in which this will be used, they will never see the spreadsheet, right? Oh, okay, I yeah. Think, I think the intention, at least Tom's intention, was that we could use this with mail merge in, in Word mm. to basically build a number of different uh, PMSs, right? We could say, yeah, sure. this is the cheap PMS. This is the one that is, you know, organized by cost. This one is AAPs only. This one is, right. you know, so. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, so, so we'd so be the way, ones running it. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Great. Smart. And then AP 6.2, are we close to release? Are you planning on a January 1 release or... I know I'm certainly not. I don't have a date in mind. Um, so that's a little confusing. So there were some members of the sanctioning committee that said they were going to look at particular sections, right? Um, and a lot of those I haven't heard anything from. So I'd, I'm not quite sure whether to send that back to you guys to nudge them or to just say, "Great, I'm not getting that." Um, Nissa is has been giving me some great feedback on on specific classes and stuff. And she said she would do some more classes, but she had to get through her PMS data entry homework first. Gotcha. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, and, and I'm still... I'm, Jeff's I'm, just been doing double duty, so... Yeah, I've been doing a little bit of both. And I've made good progress, but it's been a little while since I revisited it, so... I put a few comments into the document based on uh, stuff we found out in Sweet Cecile, some questions about protection and, and the word protection and how to use it. Um, mm -hmm. There's a little bit of confusion there, but... Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think I'm going to have much time before the new year to to put much more work into to six dot two. Yeah. yeah, I think the only the only thing we really need to be aware of is that, uh, I mean, I, we basically at this point have a timetable, right? Because Nexus is going in under six two, mm -hmm. <laughs> so six two really better point. have to be ready for it. Yeah, that's a good point. Right. Yeah, I think I think maybe we should shoot for end of the year January one to give us time to print up uh, copies of the rule book and and all that for this year. Right. Yeah, so that probably means we that you should go ahead and ask us to nudge those sanctioning folks to say last chance if you want to say anything. Or just right. directly send them an email. Like you can go yeah. through me too. I'm more than happy as chair to do that. I'm yeah, just not I sure think who I, it is. Yeah, I think I have some. I mean, I I think I got sent the list of who took what at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not quite sure. I mean, yeah. Great. Mm -hmm. uh, FRC stuff. Well, lots of movement here. FRC, there's been a lot of movement um, in the 8.0 forums. Uh, I guess not really forums. Well, 8.0 forums too, but mostly the 8.0 Facebook page. Yeah. Um, and uh, that, I, I mean, I, I've both been encouraged by that and a little worried by that, in that it feels like everyone is much closer to the same page than I expected us to be. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in fact, I would say if, if anything, Brandon is the outlier. <laughs> um, 
but the other thing I'm a little worried about is I feel like we have a long way to go and we're burning pretty bright. Um, so I'm a little worried that interest in 8.0 is going to be dead by the time we actually need to get 8.0 work done. Right. Yeah, um, sure. Because we, we don't really get to start the real work of 8.0 until March. Um, so I don't know and, if this is encouraging or not, but I don't think of almost anything that we've done in there as being particularly useful work. No, but, but that's what I'm saying is I, I think as far as getting people's opinions and stuff like that, Sure. I mean, we have these tiny sample sizes. We have none of it is particularly only in assuming that these that everyone is very representative. Yeah. Will it be useful? Right. Um, but all I'm saying is that I don't want everyone, these people who are most interested, by the time it actually gets around to the point where we need people to be interested. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, anything else going on with the FRC? Um, one other thing, so um, there is a task force at the society level um, that is, oh, I mean, we're doing hits and misses and things as it goes, but um, there's a task force at the society level that is talking about ways of turning eight, not, not eight, oh, uh, turning sort of seven oh into a living rules system. Um, and uh, Jeff has kindly agreed to 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 join that task force and see what help he can offer them just so that we're all sort of on the same page. That's yeah. great. So I mean I, I like the I really do like the idea of having having the having rules be flexible in ways that are not at all covered by hits and misses. So this isn't about clarification, but rather about really letting things be tested and played with as things go. And so the question is how do we how do we do that in in a way that is not overburdensome and doesn't stop us from doing other big sweeping changes like 8.0 or things like that. So it's an interesting discussion. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how that works out. Yeah. Um, talk about production for a second. Any production stuff going on? Um, no. I, I built a plastic room in my basement that I call the murder room. Oh, you built it. <laughs> um, Is this the Dexter room? It is. It's the Dexter room. Okay. Um, and on first blush, it did not work. Um, I did some spray PD down here, and uh, there was an. I mean, it this it is it escaped. Um, PD being plastic. Yeah. Sorry. And um, and what? So what's the? Uh, so you can't usually do spray spray yeah, you, indoors without. Without every like Amy gets a family. headache and yeah yeah exactly, <laughs> um, and. So I built this room and, you know, the, the door is like, it's, I don't know what you call it. It's a double coverage door. Or so you have mm -hmm. to like go one way than the other. Um, and it's, it, uh, it includes as part of it, a window that has a fan in it, mm -hmm. you know, sort of act as a vent. Um, and the interesting thing was that it, it did smell as much as it always has, but it dissipated very quickly. Oh, that's great. Maybe. Um, but I was trying to figure out, like, like how it had got, like, I mean, it's four millimeter plastic, right? It's not like stuff can get through it. Um, so, yeah, I was trying to figure out if it had gone out the window and back into the house or if the door was just less sealed than I thought. And I thought maybe it was the fact that it was so cold outside that that was creating a sort of a low pressure system into the basement, mm. which would actually act as, as positive pressure. Um, 
I have no idea, but it did not work yeah. as well as I as I wanted, and I was a little disappointed. Oh. But it did it did lead me to an idea, because um, I have a whole bunch of extra plastic left over. Um, that it would be fun to do a um, a combat or a whole series of encounters, whatever, under a structure where there was just like basically hanging pieces of plastic. Hmm. So it would sort of give that, like, I can sort of see something over there, but it's hard to see what it was. Trying to swing swords, would they would get all tangled up in these, you know, shreds of plastic. Right. Um, so that, that's that's what it made me think of. This this sounds sort of like an idea that I talked to Jeff about the other day. I, know, and I was going to bring funny. this up. Yeah, so I'm, I'm sitting in the shower, taking a shower, and I was looking at the, the shower liner on the sort of the inside shower curtain that we have in our shower. And it's one of those clear plastic ones. And I, when I bought them, I think I bought them for, it was like a dollar 99 and we bought some shower rings and they were like a buck. So it was like three bucks total for sure. this shower liner with right. shower rings. And I was thinking that these would make fairly cheap, like walls for like an indoor maze. Um, right. Especially okay. if you can get ones that are, that are solid, that are matte. You know, the problem with this one is it was clear, but if you can get a matte one for that same same amount of price, string up some PVC and just slide them onto PVC, these can make reusable walls, and you can just use binder clips uh, clipping them all together. Um, oh, I, like at the corners, you mean? Yeah, and I was yeah, thinking that yeah. would be a really sort of fast, easy way to do walls, and it wouldn't stand up to like outside wind probably, but it sure. might work indoors, and it would be cheap and easy to store. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, the weird ideas we have at strange times. <laughs> and... And would you use shower curtain instead of rolls of plastic just to just so that you could hang it easier? Is that the idea? Hanging it easier yeah. and reusability, I think. That's the key is is that these would, would be able to be reused. We basically put them up. We put the shower rods on. And then when we're done, we just fold them up nicely, put them in a box with all the shower curtain rings. And, you know, we reuse them again. The, the plastic seems like we end up taping it and cutting it and just it's and having to fit it. And it was just, you know, it just seems really hard. And plus the shower curtain liners are about the height of what you want a wall to be. They're about, you know, seven feet tall. Sure. So, I yeah, mean, and they're all uniform size. They're all, they all have holes pre-cut. You know, I mean, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of good things, I think. I think you'd be I think you'd be surprised how much quicker things were with that maze with little cute fish on it. <laughs> <laughs> and and you could use sliding doors on PVC. Like doors are seem to always be a hard thing to do in IFGS. Like they're we've done some really nice doors, but oftentimes it's just a sheet of plastic that you pull aside, right? Is that right. this you could actually make one that actually slid really nicely and you could clip one side and then have the other side that slid. You could set up traps in there where you could have like a string going across where if they slide it, it snaps a string and a trap goes off. Sure. But anyways. Yeah. Cool. We really I'm need doing to find absolutely like a... nothing on production just to be clear. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Just wanted to get that out there. Oh, thanks. I, I was actually going to say we, we, um, we really need to find an indoor site. We do. The only one we really have is your clubhouse. Yeah, and I'm. I would love to find something more industrial, almost. Sure. I keep, With some bigger spaces. I keep seeing these abandoned buildings around town, like old store, like an old Kmart used to be here, you know, and it's gone. And uh, I'm like, you know, I wonder who you contact and what type of insurance, you know, is our liability insurance enough yeah. to, to convince them? Can we go use it? Well, for yeah, a like night? Dave, like Dave Mack used, like over at the uh, at the airport, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was the beginning of a horror movie that we just had right there, but that's okay. <laughs> How do you convince someone to let you play a LARP in, in an old abandoned warehouse? I don't know if I mentioned it, but uh, 75th, um, 75th Road back there by EcoCycle. 
back yep. behind the trash dump and there's the ball field, Stasio uh-huh. ball fields. Yep. So there's that big hill that's over by Valmont that sort of se- separates and there's a cement factory, I think, or a cement plant right there. The Butte, yes. The Butte. Uh-huh. So behind that, behind the Butte on 75th, if you're if you're going towards uh, uh, Rapaho, there's right. an old abandoned set of buildings that's on the Butte. And it's it's walled off. And I'm like, that is the place I want to get for a nighttime game. <laughs> like someone owns it. All we have to do is convince them to let us use it. And I don't I don't know how to figure that out. Like I, that's plus it's a lot of work. But it's it's and it's and you'd have to pick the right time of year because it it would it's not nearly as creepy when Stasio's up and running because they have those giant floodlights over oh, there that you can sort right. of see. And yeah. The, so. Yeah, you got to do like winter time or something. You know, fall, late fall. I think fall might be. I know nothing of sports. Baseball season, <laughs> fall. I have right. no idea. Fall, yeah. Let's let's not even go there. Walk away. <laughs> walk away. Just walk away. Uh, upcoming games. We talked about Nexus in January. I don't think there's really much going on other than that. No. Um, yeah, nothing scheduled that I know of. Yep. Um, I think we're probably going to look at a couple Nexuses and maybe a, a Vineyards game. And then probably the season starting up again in May-ish. Uh, early May is, I think, the hope. Yeah. Um, nice. Battle College videos. Um, we did those last year. We put out a series of of videos that we, we taped at NCAR. Um, you can take a look at those. They're on my YouTube channel. I think they're posted on the Facebook forum as well as on the website. Um, contact me. I can get you the link. Um, hopefully we'll be doing some more this winter. Yeah. We need to at least finish the classes. Yeah. We didn't get through all of them, did we? Plus, plus we'll need to update the, uh, the AAP primer. Oh, good point. There's a few AAP ones that I think we need to, to update. But Jeff, did you ever watch those? Oh yeah, you bet. Oh, okay, I wasn't sure. Yep, watched them all. Some of some of them are sort of for newer players, so I'm not sure how engaging they are to someone who's a little bit older. But you know, that's been in the game for a while. But yeah, uh. no, yeah, that they were fun all the way around. <laughs> yeah, I'm not just just older. Older, yes. yeah, sorry. Yes. You know, for geriatric players like you. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't ride them when you have a walker on the battlefield. You know. That's right. Um, the only other thing that I sort of wanted to mention is the we got a new board, and I'm sort of speaking for them, but they definitely put a call out recently for anything that we that you want the board to sort of look at and discuss. Now's a good time to send that to them. You can uh, send that to them at board at uh, dbifgs.org um, or message anyone on the board, and they can get it to you. Jonathan sort of asked that. They're going to keep like a living document of projects and suggestions as they vote on them and, and talk about them. Um, but there's some good suggestions on there, so definitely take a look at that. I think that's on the Facebook page, uh, or just contact the board for more information. Yeah, cool. Any the more you know. <laughs> anything else on this? Otherwise, we are going to get to our topic of the night. I'm what good. That again? Wish list for LARPers. Anyways, let's take a few moments break, and when we come back, let's talk about the wish list. That sounds great. Great. Be right back. back and we're about to talk about the holiday gift list for LARPers. So the idea here is it's getting close to Christmas. You probably are working on your Christmas shopping and you might have a LARPer in the family or you might be a LARPer and your wife says or husband says, hey, you know, what should I get you? And uh, what we wanted to do is bring you some ideas of some of our favorite things that we think all LARPers maybe should have in their inventory or just some good ideas of, of what you can sort of have as a, as a gift idea to sort of flush out for next season, flush out your, uh, your gear. So, sound good? Absolutely. 
Okay, great. So excited. <laughs> so we've got three categories. We're going to do like low price items, so under 25, uh, mid price items like 25 to 75, and then high price sort of sky's the limit, anything above 75, you name it. Um, and we're just going to sort of go around in a circle. So Will, you want to start us off okay. with a low price item? Well, so I've got the lamest low price item I could possibly imagine. Okay. okay. Excellent. That is you could buy them a year's IFGS membership. <laughs> it's only $10. You can, you know, give them a little handwritten note that says you are covered. Um, if you're really cheap, you could just give them the NPC, like the associate membership, um, <laughs> you know, like as a little stocking stuffer. Mm -hmm. um, that was, uh, so there you go. That's the... Or you could buy them a cup of coffee and, and they'd get more money. I think that's yeah. actually brilliant because the thing is... It's is... not. It's really not. No, the reason I say this is <laughs> I see the game fee, right? And so so I've just membership comes up on March 31st, I think, or March 1st, something like that. It's our new yearly thing. And I never remember to bring money for my membership. So I bring cash. I bring you know the game fees, 20 bucks. I bring the $20 bill. But I never bring my membership fee. And to think that I wouldn't have to remember that, I think that's a pretty awesome idea. It's it's really not that good. And see, now, now, if it was like, for example, a significant other giving it to you as like a... I know you love this. Here's my blessing for you to go do this on a regular basis. Uh -huh. I could see how that would be, you know, you, okay. that would, there'd be a lot of uh, value added above sure. and beyond the $10 itself. Yeah. And, yeah. and, or, or, you know, you could, you could, this is 25 and under, right? Yeah. Or right. Is this, no, this is under 25. Under 25 ish. You could, you could give them $24.99 into their <laughs> IFGS account. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. one of the ideas we're talking about, right? <laughs> is this new IFGS account? Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, you got one for us? Yeah, sure. Um, th this one's actually, I think, uh, something that Will has and I used to have, but lost almost immediately. And that's a uh, digital counter, a tally counter. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, so for a while, people who had lots of ability points, especially high-level casters, would use sort of the old-fashioned golf tally counters, little metal clicker things. But they have newer ones that are both lighter, and um, the, the main thing is that those older ones, the mechanical ones, really only went up. You could go up and up and up, and then you could reset the whole thing, but you'd only count up. So um, there's one on Amazon that I really like. It's GoGo. No, -Go, that's one word. GoGo -Go yep. digital tally counter. It's seven dollars and fifty cents on Amazon. It counts up and counts down. So at the beginning of the day, you just hit the up button until you get to the appropriate number of ability points or spell points, and then it's really easy to know how much you have left and to just on the fly bring it down. You know, I just clipped it to my belt and would just do it whenever I used it. But it's got that great, you know, because it can go up and down. You've got the whole God's boon thing. Right. Yeah, if you, um, if you get some back, if you lose some more, yeah, it was very nice. That is a great idea. I agree. Yeah, I need and, a new one. And the GoGo -Go gets really bad, like, reviews, but mine has been fantastic. Yeah, I had no problem with it the one game that I used it before I lost it. So. Um, the only thing I, I think about is that I, I really should take a spare battery with me mm. so that, you know, <laughs> when it dies. When it dies, um, that's true. Just tape one under the bottom, like put some gaff tape and just... That is that is not a terrible idea, actually. Yeah, yeah totally. So um, mine is uh, a poncho, and not like one of the cheap ponchos, like a decent one from REI. You can get them for about 20 bucks. Um, hmm. Joel had one. Joel Slayton had one at a game, and it started raining, and we were prepping for it. And he pulled it out of his pack, and everyone else is like running for cover and stuff. And he just threw on his poncho and just kept working. And I thought it was just a fabulous idea. You know, you just keep it in your backpack. You you have it there. And if it rains, you're not miserable. You're dry. Will, you always laugh at me for bringing the poncho. Yeah, although I, I have to admit, like as an NPC or staff, I, I'm mm -hmm. okay with poncho. PCs yeah. with ponchos, 
no, that's that's just a lack of commitment. <laughs> no, I would much rather be dry and happy. If your gods truly love you, they will keep you dry. I hate being wet. And it seems like we always have rain for our summer games. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, Will, why don't you give us another? Um, yeah, I was about to, but I realized I couldn't remember exactly how much it cost. Well, just give it to us and... Oh, well, I'll start with... I've got another one, actually. Okay. Um, so there are a number of pretty basic um, latex daggers. Hmm. Um, in about the 10 to $15 range, um, as soon as you get sort of anything interesting looking at all, it immediately jumps up to, there's a sort of a $30 point and then like a 50 to $60 point. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, unlike, uh, like at Helen or any of those that do like the latex, like swords, um, you can get just like a little tiny, dagger which is obviously not combat legal but would you know look pretty cool for slitting throats or cutting ropes or whatever um in that in that 10 to 12 dollar range um and they also have one that looks like sort of a rusted turd that um is the orc dagger um (laughs) which is also in that price range so yeah i like it that's good jeff got another um i I was going to go for something like a really basic leather ring belt um or, or actually yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, I've, my... I've got this on 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 my list. I I found some in the mid range. I didn't find any in the under twenty five, but you can I definitely get did. them in the, on yeah. both Etsy and eBay. You can get them on the in at about even, the twenty to twenty five. Yeah, I think even Amazon had one for for twenty five. Yeah, um, I think it, I think it might be on my wish list actually. <laughs> or, or frankly, there are just lots of pretty basic um, fashion leather belts out there that really work nice as costume pieces. So like I, I I have two belts that I use in costumes that I got at Target, for example. Sure. Um, that are sort of that I whenever anytime I'm walking past the belt section, I look at the clearance, um, that kind of thing. So yeah, belts and, and a leather ring belt in particular. So so that's a pet peeve of mine actually is that when an NPC or a PC shows up and they don't have a belt, like it just drives me nuts. <laughs> so please like buy your LARPer a belt. I mean. And, and then LARPer, if you have a belt, you know, just bring it to the game if you're NPCing. It just looks a lot better if you can have a plain, simple brown or black belt, you know, mm-hmm. to go with your costume. So it's not all flapping around. That's a huge pet peeve of mine. I think that is an excellent idea, Jeff. Nice. Uh, my next one is going to be a bottle of DAP. Now, DAP is this wonder glue. That, oh, that DAP. We... I thought you said GAP. No, like, DAP. How is GAP? DAP is a glue. Uh, it's DAP pretty awesome. cheap. And Will sort of introduced this to me when he started talking about sword building. And I think it is an incredibly versatile piece of glue, like piece of equipment to have in your arsenal. Like if you need to fix a sword and you've got foam, DAP is a great way to fix it. Or gluing like anything together. I've used DAP for all yeah, sorts DAP of things. Yeah, DAP is really good on it. Like, I mean, whenever you look at glues, right, they have these charts and charts of like, it works well on this. It doesn't work well on this. It works well, you know, with these two. DAP is, I mean... Wood may have some problems, and I've certainly had some problems with like really open cell foam, mm. um, just because there's not a lot of contact surface there. But yeah, DAP does really well on. How, how's its uh, what's its speed like? Like if you're repairing something, you're going to use in a couple hours. Is that okay? Um, yeah. So the the recommended time on DAP is you basically put it on both surfaces and leave it for between 20 minutes and one hour oh, okay. and then it, and then push the two surfaces together um for little stuff you can do it in five to ten um i hear it doesn't hold as well if you do that 
But if sure. you're not doing something structural, mm -hmm. um, you know, like I, I've had problems when I'm putting on like little rivets and things, uh, foam rivets. Yeah. That, you know, when your fingers are sticky and they're sticky. Right. <laughs> sure. It's, it's hard to find a place to leave them for 20 minutes. So I just slap it right on. Yeah. And yeah. Cool. And I totally apologize for just like totally taking over your DAP. No, please. You're the expert in DAP. You introduced <laughs> it to me. So. DAP gets me all excited. <laughs> Will, uh, you got another one for us? I do. I really, I really am having trouble f figuring out how much this thing costs. I'm pretty sure that it is under, under 25. Um, and that is a tile. A tile? tile. <laughs> the Apple <laughs> tile. Um, so the... Apple tile is a thing that you can buy. It's a little white piece of plastic um, that you can track with a smartphone. Oh, yes. Um, and you can basically, and they, they only last about a year before you have to replace them um, because they have an internal battery. Um, but you could buy, you know, <laughs> buy some tiles, use them for put them on your swords, put them on, you know, there's actually a, there's a, a, a LARPing site, actually, unfortunately it's all in French, where he talks about basically using, using tiles to build a ritual encounter. Nice. Um, so that basically what he has is he has a system set up so that you need to bring certain things into the circle at certain times. Um, and it is tracking what items are coming in before, you know, at, at different times and whether they're coming in in the right order. And um, so it does this whole tracking of this ritual thing without ever needing a GM. Wow, that's pretty neat. So it's so it's just a proximity tracker to your to your smartphone. Yeah, it uses Bluetooth, and so you have to have an iPhone 4s or above. And they're, they're it looks like they're twenty dollars, or you can buy uh, four of them for sixty dollars. Is what it looks like. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, they're about an inch by inch, and they have a little hole in it. And uh, yeah, yeah, so that you can strap them onto a cord or whatever. Yep. Fascinating that, idea. I hadn't seen these until you just mentioned it, and then I had to Google. Oh, really? Them. Yeah. Yeah, way cool. Uh, so my next one is going to be a white long sleeve tech shirt, and this is for people that like to GM. Mm -hmm. Now, GMing, you're supposed to wear white, and one of the the things I get in when I do all these running races is I, you get these tech shirts made out of the special material. Um, and they're long sleeve and they're awesome for jamming. They're, they breathe really well. If it rains, they dry out really quick. They protect you from sun. They, um, uh, are light. Like they, you know, they're, they're not really heavy on you. Um, I don't feel like, you know, if they get dirty, they wash out pretty quick. And so I think, you know, having the right gear, if you're jamming and you're going to be out there all day long, something to protect you from the sun. I, I really like these long sleeve tech shirts. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Jeff, anything else? Uh, no, I think I'm out on the uh, on the lower range. Mike, or sorry, Will? Whoever. Um, I don't think I have anything that is specifically in that range. Um, the thing I have is is a variable range thing, so I'll I'll say it now, and it can. Okay. Or do we want to put that in the some other category? Ah, say it now. Go for it. Okay. Um, and that is an Etsy gift card. Oh. Mm -hmm. Um, I I wasn't totally sure that Etsy did gift cards. Um, but they do. Oh, they um, and, um, the nice thing about Etsy is not only do they have a whole bunch of sort of LARP related stuff, um, but almost anything on there, you can contact the seller and say, I want something like what you have on there, but different. 
yeah. and they'll make it for you. You know what I'm amazed by Etsy is like you go to the RenFest and you see something you want to buy there, like a pair of leather bracers, right? And I go on Etsy and I see it for like half the price. It just seems like Jeez, Etsy is tenth of the price. Yeah, Etsy is such a great place to buy any sort of costuming type product that you want. I mean, if you need something for a character, go to Etsy, check it out. Exactly. Yeah. Um, um, I've certainly, I mean, I I was looking for a headband at one point, um, and this particular seller had ones with Celtic designs and ones, you know, in blue and ones in, and I and one of their little buttons is contact the seller and ask for a custom item, and I did, and. Um, he was able to make it and get it to me and have everything I wanted. And it was, you know, it was like a week maybe. Yeah. So, and it was, I mean, it was cheap too. It was less than 20 bucks. So I was, yeah. So Etsy gift card. Uh, I have two more that I'm just going to go over real quick. I was, I was talking over this, uh, this topic tonight, uh, with my wife, Joelle, and, and she does a lot of costuming stuff and she had a couple suggestions for costuming. So I'll sort of throw these in here. The first one is a pair of fighting gloves. Um, I really oh, like these. Yes. Yeah. I really like these gardening gloves that you can get at Home the, Depot ni- or nitrile, nitrile. Ni- I don't know how you pronounce that. Yeah. It's basically, nitrile? they're a nylon, nitrile, yes. nylon glove with like a plastic dip, uh, rubber sort of hands. And they grip onto your sword really well. And you can get them in all sorts of different colors and sizes and whatnot. Um, they're cheap. They're like four bucks, three bucks. And, you know, so I get, go through about a pair per season. And I love them. Uh, the second one that she had was a, just a basic leather pouch. Something that you can put your car keys on and take on course that you're not like wondering where you stuck everything. And again, on Etsy, she threw, showed me so many different ones. You can get them for between, you know, 15 and $25. You can get a nice leather pouch. So. Very totally. nice. Great. Uh, on to the mid-range. Um, mid-range. I guess I'll start us out with one. Um, first one I'm going to suggest that I think everyone needs is uh, a weapon. And I would suggest Colorado <laughs> Foam Forge. Um, <laughs> but but In, wherever. Yeah, um, yeah, no, wherever. Yeah, we'll, we'll, Will can probably talk more about this. I'm sure this was on his list. But um, I think every LARPer needs a basic sword. Um, doesn't have to be something fancy. Start with a basic sword. I mean, totally. it, it should be part of your arsenal. So if you don't have it, or if your LARPer only has one, or they've got maybe one for a character, just buy them a basic plain sword um, that they can take, uh, that they can use for practice or for NPCing or whatnot. So that was my first one. That's a great one. Will? Um, mid-range. What was I just about to say? Oh, um, <laughs> a website. Um, <laughs> you can I know. buy them a website? Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, I suppose. Um, so, Brett Paul used to have a website, maybe he still does, um, you know, that had a whole bunch of just fun information about his characters, about, you know, games that he'd written, like rules for, you know, Orc Ball and all sorts of stuff. And he just used to throw all sorts of fun IFGS stuff up there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a good place to do fun stuff and communicate with other people and you know it's just it's it's nothing that requires any sort of work or or um you know talent or knowledge anymore so <laughs> yeah it's a great idea yeah yeah it's not a great idea let's be clear but yeah, yeah it was it's a really fun idea i think though uh jeff what do you got for us um i i've just been super pleased with something i stumbled across a, across a couple years ago in a like, you know, super cheap Halloween costume kit, basically. And that is boot covers. Oh, so yeah. Oh, I, I, have a, a pair of these. I have a couple pairs now that I've come across sort of by accident 
One is a is a pair of, of sort of black leather boot covers that are very much meant to look like um, sort of Pirates of the Caribbean pirate boots. Um, I have another pair that's sort of really just basic brown, um, and I actually have a, a third pair that I that I wore recently for a hunter character that I liked a lot. But uh, they're actually not all that easy to find. Um, I, I've looked search terms that I've used are boot covers or boot toppers or tops. Yeah, boot and tops. I've heard of that. Yeah. Boot tops. Spats seem to be a little bit different, but I did I did find a few things that um, a few things that were exactly what I'm talking about that were called spats on Etsy, for example. Okay. I didn't find almost any of really what I was after on Etsy, which I was kind of surprised about. But um, but you can find a few on, for example, Amazon under costumes and accessories in sort of the right the right uh, monetary range here, thirty or forty dollars for the sort of cheap end. But what they do for me is they let me really not feel bad about wearing extremely utilitarian hiking boots when I'm running around on course, things that I know are going to be really good to my feet and, and warm and, and keep my feet and my ankles safe. But then I throw these over the top and I no longer really look like I have boots on. I, I excuse me, don't look like I have modern boots on. They look fairly costumey and they work really well. So I'm, I'm really pleased with that. And I think that would be a nice basic addition. It just makes any costume a little bit nicer if you don't have your sneakers sticking out the bottom. It's a great idea. Awesome idea. Yep. Thanks. Uh, my next one is a headlamp. Uh, something that I bought oh, for. Oh, yeah. Do you have this on your list, Will? I don't. Okay. So I noticed you bring one in, in, into game as well. What what happens is uh, I, I bought one for running to running at night, and I bought uh, the one I like is called the Petzl Tika. Uh, it's, you can find it on Amazon for, you know, 30 bucks or so. And they run on AA batteries. They're little LED headlamps. And even if you're not doing a night game, uh, it's nice to have because sometimes you finish up and it's getting dark and you're trying to, you know, fill up paperwork or you're trying to put stuff away or go through your backpack or maybe you're in a dungeon. These headlamps are awesome. You can get ones that have like red LEDs. So if you have a torch that's red, uh, you can pull it out and use it for that. I, I just think they're incredibly utilitarian. They're just nice thing to have in your backpack just in case. Mm-hmm. Well, and even, I mean, yeah, the one I have has uh, red and green. Um, and as a GM, like GMing uh, Price of Life, it was so useful because I could just point it down, put on like the green light, and I could read game copy, but it wasn't really messing with my players that much. Um, so I, yeah, I that's a great idea. Yeah, neat. Okay, uh, Will. Um, so one that I'm gonna that I think is a great idea that anyone who has ever seen me in costume is not gonna be surprised about is a nice set of racers. Um, I thought you were gonna say horns. <laughs> You can actually, we should have done, actually, those are cheaper. That's true. Horns are cheaper. Fangs. Fangs, Fangs. and horns. Fangs Great and NPC horns. props to have in your NPC box. Oh, yeah, yeah, NPC. <laughs> or PC, yeah. Um, yeah, so fangs and horns. Let's go back to fangs and horns. Fangs and horns do scarecrow fangs. Um, actually, once you get into the high range, the the double fangs, um, those, are, those are more than 25. Um, but those are super fun. Um, and horns, you can get a good set of horns for um, sort of that low range, um, sort of stretching into the high range. But but no, bracers. You can get really nice bracers, you know, sort of leather work in them and straps and all sorts of things um, for, you know, sort of that 50 range. Um, you can get much cheaper ones, just straight leather for, you know, 15 or 16, but... Yeah, a good set mm-hmm. of bracers can really make things pretty, and they can really make you feel like you're armored and 
ready to fight. I, I agree. It's always a nice touch when I see you wear them. Like, it's just, it sort of puts your costume a little bit over the edge. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Awesome. They don't, it, they, those are, I will say, a little tough to order if you have freakishly thin limbs. So, uh, just, just fair warning to anybody out there. <laughs> I ordered a set from Etsy that I was really excited about, and they just, they just don't fit. I just, they're just a little, a little weird. Wow. Yeah, I, I actually have a set of um, bracers for Firstborn mm. that are too big, and I'm like, holy, oh wow, sh- like holy crap, who was this? Have really big forearms. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Jeff, what's next on your list? Um, uh, from uh, sticking to the Etsy theme here, a uh, basic sword frog. So I, I, oh, yeah. I have to admit that I didn't really know what that meant for a long time, but it basically just means a, a place where you can sheath your your foam pretend sword it's on a sword your belt. Hanger. Sword hanger, yes, exactly. Yep. It's a sword hanger, um, but they're called sword frogs. And I've seen some really nice ones. Like in particular, I was looking at one earlier today um, that you know attaches to two places on your belt and loops around your leg, so, oh, which nice. which they said just makes like makes drawing it really easy. And, and it's oh, also yeah. sort of a, a nice stylistic touch that it you know just adds a little extra you know strap to your costume kind of thing. So, but there's several people out there that, especially on Etsy, that make them specifically for LARP weapons. And so you shouldn't have any problem finding one that will fit the kind of weapons you might buy for, for this game or anything else. Um, and that's in going to be in like $40 range, although it'll certainly go up if you get them really fancy. But um, yeah, pretty nice. And I kind of wish I had some, something on my list for sure. Great idea. Yeah. Uh, my next one is Nature Box. Have you guys heard of Nature Box? <laughs> Only because you told me about it. Will, have I, have I told you about it yet? I can assume it has something to do with nymphs, but <laughs> no, it's a it's a subscription-based snack program. So it's one of those new. They're, they're, <laughs> I'm serious. And, and no, no, I totally believe you. So what you do is you pay so much per month, or you can just buy one box, and um, like they have different. It starts at like 19.99. I think we have the 29.99 one, and there's a 59.90 one. And we just got our first shipment a couple weeks ago. And what happens is you sign up and you sort of tell it these are the things I like and the things I don't like, and then they send you prepackaged snacks uh, that are fairly healthy, maybe not low calorie, but natural type ingredients that are really delicious. And it, they sort of surprise you at first. And then later on, you can sort of say, oh, I like this or I didn't like this. And they'll, they'll sort of modify it based on that. But we were eating some the other day, my wife and I, and, and I was just like, oh, you know, I would love to take like these two onto, onto course. Because for IFGS, like you oftentimes don't get a chance to have a full lunch. You just sort of bring snacks with you. And a lot of us just go by and we get beef jerky or we get trail mix or we get, you know, dried apricots or whatever from the store. These are incredibly yummy and, you know, great for just having out on course to snack on all day. And you get a lot of different varieties. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the nature box. Um, and I think the, the price is actually set really well, the price point for how much you get. So nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Will got another. Oh, is it me? Yep. Um, a backpack. Um, Although I'm, I'm going to bring backpacks up again in the next range, um, mm-hmm. you can you can get a good sort of multi multi pouch backpack with you know some good straps for support, etc. You know, sort of modern looking um, backpack in that price range. Um, and I know, you know, some people it doesn't go with their costume, whatever, whatever. But if you're NPCing, if you're whatever, like I have a backpack that is my IFGS backpack. It's a Camelback. So it's got water in it, and I just I just leave all of my stuff, like my counter and my headlamp and all that stuff. I just leave it all in that backpack, so that whenever I go out, I've got it all. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
So, so asking you about backpacks, you mentioned that this is, you know, you, you sort of listed a, a mundane one. Yours is fairly mundane. It's not period. Do you, have you thought about buying a period looking one? I have not. I'm, I'm not that interested. I, I have, I have priced it out specifically for this show. And that's what I said is I'll mention it again in the next section. Oh, great. I'm interested. Cause um, that's what I'm interested in getting, but I haven't yeah. looked into it very much. So, yep. Okay. Well, let me, let me piggyback on that for a second and let, an offer. If you're, especially if you're thinking in the, in the idea of being staff or NPC, you can also, for really the or sort of the same price point, thirty or forty, get a, a backpack stool combination. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, I have one of these, and it's basically just a very simple foldable stool frame that that goes around the backpack. Sure. And um, at a couple games this summer, I was the absolute envy of all the NPCs around because not only did I have rain cover, but I also had a stool to sit on just whenever I wanted to take a break. And so you can sit on it and your lunch is like right there. You grab your lunch and that kind of thing. So um, it's a pretty nice thing and not too expensive, like 30 bucks or so. Sure. That's awesome. You, you can find them on Amazon in things like they have quite a few that are, I think, intended for military use. So like sort of drab green makes them not too modern looking in, sure. in a lot of ways. Like they look pretty Plus, if you're, if you're an NPC and you're, you know, stashing yeah. it off to the side of your encounter, if it's green, maybe the PCs won't notice it compared to, like, you know, a big red backpack or something like that. Yeah, mine's black, but who cares? Yeah. So. Uh, my next one is a producer's box. And this is for someone who may be interested in producing or is a producer. And my wife has one of these. It's a tackle box. And it has... Oh, wow. You can sort of put whatever else, whatever you want in. So you just buy a basic tackle box, and then you throw in. There's safety pins. There's um, hooks. There's duct tape. There's uh, sewing strips. thread needles. What was that? Command strips. Command strips. Um, and what's it's, a command strip? A uh, command strip is a is a. How do you it's describe? Three M product. It's a three M product. Um, it's a, and basically what you do is it's a double sided sticky uh -huh. that has a little tab on it, so that when you pull the tab, one of the pieces the sticky falls apart. So you put it on two things and then hang up a hook on the wall and then you can mount things. And then when you want to take it off the wall, you pull on this little tab and it just all oh, goes away. Right. Yes, yes, I um, gotcha. we, we use them very heavily in the price bar games. Yeah, hang up Christmas lights for lighting. We just quickly right. throw those up and then run that. Um, but anyways, it's nice to have a box that just sort of stays in our basement and it's our producer's box and every once in a while I'll go through it and refill it. We'll have like glyphs in there, like uh, little laminated pieces of paper that are all the different glyphs. So if we're missing one for an encounter, we can just pull it out. But it's just nice to have it sort of all in one box. So if you have someone that's a producer, make them a producer's box. Yeah. Great. Uh, Will, anything else? Um, tape rack. Um, tape rack. Tape rack. This mm -hmm. doesn't matter as much anymore because tape is kind of last year um but uh just um something simple like a coat rack you know like the it's just a piece of wood basically that has things coming out of it do you understand what i'm talking about mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um one of those that you can sort of mount down in your basement somewhere and hang your duct tape on one and your gaffer's tape on the next one and your grip tape on the next um it, it just makes for a really easy sort of production workshop. Um, and, and there are a number, I, I mean, I guess there are a number of workshop pieces that if you're interested in building stuff, in this price point, we should probably add Dremels and, you know, workhorses and all sorts of things like that. Um, but the one I was thinking of specifically, because I, I have cement walls, which means I've never been able to put one up. Um, hmm. But uh, yeah, tape rack. We gotta get you out of prison sometime. 
<laughs> yeah, cement walls, a murder yeah. room. Now they're plastic yes. walls, right? Oh, yeah. Well, cement, well, the, the plastic are... covered cement walls. Yeah, exactly. Jeff, you got anything else for us in this price point? Nope. Uh, both, well, I have two that are sort of on the edge, but I think we should go to the high category. Okay. I've got another one that I'll list is a off-white poet shirt. Um, oh, good idea. Not not white. Uh, this is this is both uh, my wife Joelle. They were they were both her ideas. And the reason that she said off white is ill. You can make a basic costume out of a poet shirt. You can throw a cloak on it. You can throw a vest on it. Um, off white doesn't show up stains quite as quite as badly. Um, so get like a muslin poet shirt. Um, you yeah. can get them again on Etsy there's, or Renfair or wherever. You know you can get one a cheap one for twenty five bucks, no problem at all. It goes up to buy you know fifty or sixty dollars. Um, the next one that she suggested was a pair of simple black cotton pants and like durable work pants is sort of what she was suggesting. Uh, she mm. made a pair of fighting pants for me that I use all the time when I'm NPCing. But she said even if you can't um, uh, make them, just buy a pair of just durable black pants so that when you go out to a game, you're not wearing just like blue jeans. You know, you have something that's meant to get dirty that are your IFGS pants. So I thought yeah, that was well, a really great idea. And some of those, depending on how heavy, I mean, the cotton pants that I generally use in summer aren't even in that price point. They're in the earth. They're, you can get fruit of the loom sort of heavy cotton pants mm -hmm. in that in, in that lower price range. Perfect. Yeah, for sure. Just have a pair of IFGS pants around. Uh, Will, anything else in the mid price point? Um, No. Okay. Great. So let's go to the high point. And this is uh, $75 or sky's the limit you know you you name it so um jeff why don't you start us off so uh one thing that can start right about this point or and certainly go much higher is but let's keep it basic for for uh, generic usefulness a, a a nice basic gray or probably black cloak huh. um, you know this is a, this is a just a great addition to virtually any costume helps you stay stay Cool in summer and warm in winter and keep you dry. So uh, black or gray, nice simple cloak, nothing heavy, nothing fancy, doesn't need to be ornate, um, is a nice piece to have for just about any kind of costume. And and since mine was actually going to be a wool cloak, ah, um, wool. Um, I I've, I have, I had a wool cloak that I used for Amtgard and it was really nice because uh -huh. um, it just. It keeps you really warm. You're not really going to wear it like in the middle of fighting, but as soon as the sun goes down, you know you can keep it more open to keep yourself cooler. You can pull it around you to keep yourself warmer, um, and it, it keeps water off. So, yeah. but once you get to wool cloak, I mean your your price point is yes, you know, hundred and fifty or higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, mine is a, a basic shield, um, and this might even – you might even be able to get it lower than that. I know, again, contact Colorado Foam Forge. I'm going to have a couple of these. But uh, just a basic round 30-inch diameter to up to 36-inch diameter um, with a black or gray cover. Up to 38 inches in diameter. Is it 38? Yeah. Oh, okay. Remember because um, I thought mine was max size. Oh, and we found out it wasn't, yeah. So just a basic shield to have in your repertoire. Um <laughs> Nice to have around the house uh, for sledding in the winter if you need to, um, but also good for NPC roles. You know, if you need it for a fighter, just get a just get a really neutral color shield cover on that thing, and and that's a, a great thing to have. Okay, nice. Well, well, so my first one was wool cloak. Jeff went cloak. My second one was shield. Um, I mean, so this yes, there's a whole bunch of equipment out there, right? That that falls into this price point, um, mm -hmm. table saws and 
But all of that sort of requires you to be building your own stuff, which seems to be less and less popular, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'd like to do a, a whole podcast on just that. Like, you know, say you want to build swords. Like, what do you sort of start? How do you start on this whole idea? Of like, what, what, do you, what do you need? I think there's a lot of great knowledge that you have that, I mean, you can mention some of that stuff here, but I would love to do an entire podcast on that. Sure. Um, so let's go with this one. This one is just boosting us way up into the into the sky of this one, and that is a pavilion. Um, oh. So Peter Sartucci has a full SCA pavilion that you know with a sort of a log pole center and you know all sorts of things. Um, Claw, a, a fighting company back in Amcard, used to have a pavilion, and. More than it just being in period and being cool and, you know, being a nice place to hang out, it will make you the envy of every other NPC on on course. And it will actually mean that producers will write encounters around you. Um, <laughs> you know, we've, we have certainly had encounters before where we've said, you know, Peter Sartucci would be perfect for this role. Oh, and we should ask him to bring his pavilion. Um so, I mean, they are expensive, but they are insanely cool. I think, so. didn't Tom Matthews bring one up for his team for Price of Life that night? Yes. Yeah, that sounds, they, yeah that's right. They yeah, he did. Yeah, so he brought up his SCA one, and they put it up for his entire team, so it was an overnight game. And instead of going back to a campsite with tents or whatnot, they went back to this awesome pavilion. They all sort of camped out in there. They could talk right before bed. They had beds set up. They yeah. had all sorts of and, and I think actually Registry and everyone else ended up using it as well. Yeah. Yes, they did. But that thing was huge. Oh, what a great idea. Jeff, you got anything else? Um, I was gonna I was gonna offer the upgrade to Will's earlier comment and that was that if you're gonna buy a backpack, um, you might as well go for something like a camelback backpack, right? Because the camelback sells both the really slim things that just hold a pouch of water, but the one I have is essentially made for a day hike. So it'll hold my lunch and a water bottle and some rope and a few other things, along with uh, a nice dose of water to keep me hydrated. So um, that starts pushing you up, a, you know, not not too close to 100, but getting up there a little bit. Great idea. Um, actually, to go along with that, because one of the ones I had was, an, uh, was a period backpack. Mm. Um, so there's places like the Viking Store, um, which is an English company, who basically do a modernish backpack, but they do it entirely out of brown or black leather with, you know, sort of ties and straps and things like that. Um, and, cool. and this particular one is actually a LARPing backpack is the one that I was, I was looking at. <laughs> I'm Googling it right now. I'm so oh, yeah. I, I totally yeah. want one of these. Um, I mean, it's, so they, they have it as 198 pounds, which is, I mean, wow. that's going to be pretty brutal. Um, but, you know, it, it has belt loops. It has, um, you know, hidden pouches. It has all sorts of stuff. So it's, it, yeah. Excellent idea. Right. Oh yes, 198 pounds is is not the weight. No, not <laughs> not as much as you'd think. I'm like, why are you carrying an extra person? I don't understand. And I'm I, I know on Etsy I've looked. They I've find find them on Etsy as well, and they're a lot cheaper than that. Um, they are. But I don't know if they're the same quality. So this this place looks like pretty high quality. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are definitely some ones. I mean, even even this place sells sort of a more basic backpack for for 28 pounds um so 
but it's I mean it looks like just sort of a brown sack yeah um, so uh, I'm gonna give one that my wife Joelle came up with which is uh, if your LARPer is interested and doesn't have it a sewing machine doesn't have to be an, a great sewing machine. Will bought me one, a Janome, that I just love. It's it's probably not the most powerful sewing machine that I've ever used. His his your wife's old one was probably much much more powerful. <laughs> yeah, um, the table still regrets that. Exactly, but it. I mean, the thing just sewed so precisely. And so, um, you know, do some research, talk to some other garbers, find out you know wh which style to get for a beginning sewing machine, and and maybe think about that uh, for your for your LARPer. So, Jeff. Um, I, I don't think I have anything else to offer in the high range. I didn't think too hard in there, but I will offer that I, um, both in terms of shields and, oh, there was one other thing, but I can't quite remember. Um, I, I, there are some places online you can find like your basic LARP round shield for even like $50. So it doesn't quite have to be up in this high range necessarily. And so. if you, if you want to make it, the materials for a shield is That's probably true. cheap. Yeah, cheap. Yeah. yeah, we can, I mean, we could talk about that, but if you're interested in that, talk to me, talk to Will. You know, you can get the foam for, how much is a, a plank of foam? Uh, like $24, I think. $24, yeah. and then you can do your own straps, or you can get like a trowel handle and just zip tie that thing on, and then just do a cheap cover. You could probably make it for under 30 bucks. Yeah, easy. Great. Uh, my next one is, um, we got, got some crazy ones here. The next one is airfare to an out-of-state game. So rarely, wow, yeah, all right. yeah, rarely do we get to go down to Dallas and play, or do, do Dallas people get to come up here? Um, you want to be really generous, like say, great, I'll buy you a plane ticket. You get to pick one weekend, go down to Dallas, play in a game, go to, you know, wherever you want and play in a, an out-of-state IFGS game. It's a totally different experience, um, and it's a lot of fun to do. And maybe you can go down with a friend, um, make it a weekend out of it. So that's one of mine. Okay. Nice. Um, boots. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, medieval style, actual walk around without bleeding, you know, as good as hiking boots kind of boots. Um, I think the standard for that in, in LARPing is, is Son of Sandlar. Um, are those the people that go to the Ren Fair every year? Yeah, I assume so. Um, you know, some of those boots can be in the $700 range, um, but uh, they are incredibly pretty. I think uh, Ray Michelle has a pair. Mm. Um, so if you ever get a chance to look at those, I think uh, Puccio might have a pair of those. Um, but they are really pretty, and they are just, I mean, you can LARP in them all day. So Nice. Great idea. Yeah. Um, my last one is uh, land. <laughs> if you <laughs> happen to be, uh, I don't know, a multimillionaire or come into a large inheritance, and um, and you think about you know that that son or brother that you want to just get the perfect gift for, you know maybe I don't know a couple acres up in the wilderness, maybe forty acres or so of you know pristine Colorado land, so that we could have LARP games on it. Um, I think that would be something you know really maybe special. Maybe some minor tunnelage underneath. Exactly. You know, put up a few structures for them. Structures, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. I mean, um, flexible structures. Yeah. Land is probably the one thing that we need the most right now in IFGS, or it's one of the things. And <laughs> and uh, so yeah, if if really money's no object, and you really want to just get the right present, just think about like a nice piece of land, maybe 15 minutes out of Boulder. Huge tracts of. Uh, <laughs> Will anything else? I do. I have one final thing, which I I have been I was keeping it for my last one. So here it is. All right. um, 
it's a 3D printer. Um, if you are going to make holy symbols, if you are going to make tiny props, wands, um, you know, whatever, 3D printer is the way to go. They've got some really nice ones um, in the $3,000 range, um, and they have some sort of crappier ones, even as low as $1,500. Um, I bought it really definitely. I, I, I really... Really they, they have some. Have they, have some need. they have some newer ones that um, they can go down to basically four millimeter layers, um, and which means there's a high level of detail. It doesn't look shaggy. It doesn't look whatever. Wow. So have you looked at? Yeah. I, I, I take it you've looked at the MakerBot that series. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it, it's incredible. I mean, what they're just getting great reviews these days and now they even have 3d scanners for printers so if you have yeah, exactly. like a holy symbol that you want to make i don't know 50 copies of you stick it in the digitizer it scans does a 3d scan of it and then it starts printing them out and then a woman comes out of your closet i've seen this movie <laughs> i'm pretty sure oh that's an awesome idea love it yeah very nice um we should get I the board to invest in one five yes yeah i think we need to get a new costume locker first that's actually that's a good print one. A print um, a costume locket. It's an awesome idea. Armor. Armor? Yeah. Yeah, there's so, like on Etsy. Oh. So many beautiful pieces of armor on there. It's amazing. Leather armor, Lorica, any mm -hmm. of that. Um, mm -hmm. I, I did have something that came up into the stocking stuffer sort of idea um, as we were talking. What was that? Uh, a carabiner. They're cheap. Oh, yeah, totally. They're useful. Um, I usually have three or four that I bring with me. If you're doing a physical encounter where you need to like rig up some, I don't know, rope, or you just need to attach, like I've used them like to attach my backpack to a rope so I can slide it across a chasm. Um, you can get them for under ten bucks. Just get a, a nice good carabiner um, from wherever REI, McGuckins, wherever your local sporting goods store is. Good rope. Good rope. Yeah, rope. Yep. Yep. Um, and then some you of get these into... lack a little in their sexiness as far as gift goes. Yes. But, that yeah. is true. I bought yeah. you rope. Oh, Yay. thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Is that it's for LARPing. Oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense. Is it for LARPing or is it for yeah. LARPing? <laughs> is it, are you back to the question between role-playing and role-playing? <laughs> yeah. Don't want to go there? No. No, I, I just don't. I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, that's great. I think we had a, an awesome list that was way more sort of great ideas than I thought we'd come up with at first when I came yeah, up with this okay. topic. Hey! No, myself, I was a I little... Like, I wasn't sure what we'd come up with. So it was, it was really interesting to hear what all of your guys' ideas were, and, and uh, I think I got some ideas to put on my wish list for this Christmas. It's tiles, isn't it? <laughs> it's, I, I definitely am interested in the tiles. I need to figure out how to use them best, though. Yeah. 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 So It's true. We didn't, we didn't mention stuff like um, iPads or, you know... <laughs> Smartphones, smartphones, tablets, those kinds of things. You know, I'm, I'm not convinced they're they have a great use place in IFGS yet, or no, large. All right, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I've used them. Um, you know, I've got some weird stuff as a producer on my list. Like, I've got a PA system for sound effects. Oh, sure. Um, I've got, you know, there's my wife works for a company called SparkFun, and so I've got a whole SparkFun wish list of like stuff Steel I can wire make. and exactly, but. For a general LARPer, I'm not sure there's a huge, great use case scenario for those. Um, and like iPads and, and digital tablets, you know, they're not great for bringing onto course. They can get wet. Um, yeah. They, you know, aren't great for scrolling through game copy. They just 
take a while. I sort of have one always as a backup in my car with all the rule books and all the documents in case I need access to them. That's mostly what I use them for. How about a tattoo of your IFGS membership number in UPC form on your butt? No. Oh, nope. fair enough. I thought you were going to go okay. wrist, and I was, I was all for that. But Forehead. <laughs> Forehead you know, I did exactly. see something fun the other day somewhere. I, I was a, um, a throat microphone. Oh, yeah. And I was, I was thinking of a game you guys did a while back where you – or where you've done a couple things where you tried to have basically voices come from nowhere so that it wasn't someone in front of you talking. Right. And one of the problems at least once was the PCs, of which I was one, could hear the person talking and then hear it come out of – oh, I think actually in that case it was then hear it come out of another person. But um, Oh, yes. This must have but, been the uh, Tomb of Corb. Yes, it was the Tomb of Corp. But in this case, I thought it'd be kind of fun because part of the point of the throat mic is that you can talk very quietly, yeah. but then you could have it amplified through a speaker. And so it would it would be kind of a cool way to have a very strange sounding voice come out and, and still have it be responsive to the P, to and to the PCs who are right there. Certainly. Yeah. Great. Well, I think we're going to take a little break and then we'll come back and sort of finish up and wrap up this episode. So uh, stick around, everyone. back um i just wanted to thank jeff for coming on tonight we uh sort of end of our our final ifgs or not our final ifgs season but end of this IFGS this season. is the final i have IFGS no idea season. you guys totally tricked me and no, no, uh it's not that we're quitting it this is it yeah oh. you guys you guys have any thoughts on the 2015 ifgs season like what happened and how i'm really went? looking forward to a skills-based rule system that's you the... are not <laughs> I thought it was a really great season. There was a lot of games run and a lot of variety of people who producing and writing and things like that. I think it was, I feel like it was a, uh, sort of a, a, a tick in the right direction as far as our chapter is concerned, moving towards more novices and a wider variety of games and consistent scheduling and things like that. I thought it was great. Yeah, me too. I, I, I was amazed at the awards banquet, how many games actually went on. And some of them were minor and how games. many of them you PC'd in. And it, it's true. I... I noticed that like there were a lot of games like oh I don't need to prep for this game I can just pull out my costume and I'll be like ready to go which was really a nice uh, change. What about you Will? Any thoughts on this season? Good season. Yeah. I mean, you know, ish. Ish. <laughs> well, uh we've got a probably a hopefully a very full season coming up next year. Um I don't think the Battle College podcast will probably be have any more episodes until the new year. So this is probably going to be our final one. Um, just yeah. sort of wanted to wish everyone a happy holidays and well, stay warm. This was the Chris, I, mean, I guess we could do the – we could actually do a full like year-end review thing closer to New Year's. But Yeah, we might we do should, that. We should do it drunk. Drunk? So you'll have <laughs> like half a beer? <laughs> Even half – okay. So we went out to – we went out uh, for Mexican the other day like two nights ago, okay. maybe even last night. It was last night. Um, and both Amy and I got margaritas. I had three, I mean, they were gulps, right? Three gulps of margaritas. So about maybe a quarter of a, a, a glass of margarita. And I was having trouble staying awake. <laughs> it, it's not that I get drunk. I really do just fall asleep I, almost I, immediately. I agree you get sleepy, but... There is like this period that you are sort of loopy happy. It's sort of like when, you know, someone's on hydrocodone or, or something like that. You you sort of get this goofiness in you when you've had like a beer. But I think it's the same. I mean, 
I would have to ask Amy, but I'm pretty sure it's the same goofiness I get when I'm laying in bed and I'm incredibly tired. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I'm just saying stupid shit. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. So. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see about a New Year's episode. And um, I, I think we're at that point. So uh, thanks, everyone, for a two th- great 2013. Look forward Ooh. to talking to you in 2014. And uh, remember, everyone. Fighters fight. fight. fight.